Welcome back, hunters, frenemies, and companions alike. It is your favorite friend, Lee, here for another great adventure through our minds. And really, I think the question that always pops up in my mind is, how much is too much, right? And the first question is, well, too much of what? Uh, too much sex, too much violence, too much chaos, too much blood, right? Me personally, for the most part, I'd be like, how can there ever be too much? You know, I mean, that's what we love most about it, that there's too much. Ah. Um, and I really do think that uh, on a certain level, um, human beings in general, regardless of culture or um, geographic origin, we gravitate towards drama and violence. I, I think there's something about it that uh, we instinctually, instinctively are drawn to. Um, and that really goes into the topic today because I personally feel like the question of how much is too much really only comes up in times when I feel social regression is like popping up, uh, especially nowadays. Um, I mean, every couple of, um, I'll say half a, half a century, so every 50 years or so, there's a movement that says, oh, well, we've gone too far. We should, we should go back. We should stop doing this. Um, and it happens uh, usually in response to um, either some kind of act that's happened, you know, a child is killed with a handgun because a state has lax gun laws or, um, you know, a girl is, is violently raped or there's a video game that comes out and there's just too much of something for any particular group of people, right? Um, and I don't want regression to sound like it's a negative. It's not technically a negative because while I am a proponent of you know let's move forward I'm also a very big proponent of if it's not broke don't fix it not saying that we shouldn't work forward but the thing is is that you shouldn't abandon everything that is you know quote unquote not new or old just because you have something new um case in point a large portion of the computers that the United States military uh, still utilizes uh, have black screens with green text. And if you don't know what that means, that's like a very rudimentary, well, not rudimentary, but a very old style of computer, very akin to a DOS computer that does very base functions. But the, the key to using that is that, A, it doesn't connect to the internet and so thus cannot be hacked by anybody. You have to physically send in a spy to this location to uh, acquire information or to sabotage it. <clears throat> And for the most part, it's pretty user, well, not user friendly, but it is a lot easier to use because it does a lot less things. Um, so uh, we're going to just hit on a lot of different sections. So we're going to be talking about movies. We're going to be talking about comics, TV, and uh, music, and subsequently also art, because art is always, is always in, and when I say art, sorry, I mean classical art, like paintings, drawings, um, and stuff like that, um, because that uh, is always in its kind of own category for whatever reason. Um, but remember, if you guys want to participate, if you want to tell me what you think, you can always send me an email at xphunterlee at gmail.com. You can also send me a direct message on Instagram or Pinterest. So let's get into it. So first of all, we're going to start with comics because I'm on a comics kick right now. Um, in previous episodes, I've talked about reading uh, Heroes in Crisis and stuff like that. Um, and if you don't know, um, there's a character called Superboy Prime, and he is from what they call Prime Earth, or what you consider where we live now, this exact reality. You know, um, Obama was president, now Trump's president. You know, no one can really fly unless you're in an airplane, those kind of things. 
Um, and he's still a Kryptonian. He still has the same origin story as every Superman who has ever existed. Uh, you know, his planet blew up. His father put him in a little capsule. He flew here. He got here. Unlike most Supermans or the classic Superman that we all love, um, Superboy Prime didn't uh, realize his powers once he hit puberty or when he was like younger, becoming an adult kind of he his powers didn't actually um, manifest until, you know, the crisis of infinite earth started happening and the multiverse was collapsing. Um, that's when he first realized that he had the powers of Superman. And the thing is, is that in this reality, just like our reality, he read comic books. He read about Batman and Superman and superheroes. He knew about all those people. So I bring him up because, uh, you know, originally his character is good, right? Superman always starts out good, no matter what iteration he is. However, after the crisis of Infinite Earths, when they stopped the multiverse from completely collapsing, uh, Superboy Prime's Earth was not able to be saved. And so he was kind of stranded and he went to this paradise universe. And from that universe, he could watch all the other um, Earths kind of happen. And he actually was uh, driven mad by watching all of the his favorite superheroes that he read about as a child uh, kind of do these shady things because you know uh, like crisis uh, I mean heroes in crisis kind of highlights is that heroes are people and the things that they do and the evils they fight and the physical toll of what they do and saving people and saving the world and planets and universes from evil takes a toll on them both mentally and physically and for him because he had been reading I guess you'll say uh, golden age comics when superheroes were just superheroes uh, there was no gray area you never were never given the opportunity to have sympathy for criminals because criminals are bad and you know policemen and judges and uh, authority figures they were good and that was that there was no question about it and so for him to see you know Wonder Woman kill someone or almost kill someone or have even expressed the want to kill someone or hurt them or do something that was very un Wonder Woman like was too much for him and he was so incensed by this that he kind of turns evil and he's like well if they're not going to be who they're supposed to be I'm going to kill them all right he's just not about it so he actually from now from then forward he he's a bad guy right um and you know we talked about what you know what's good what's bad but from then then forward he is uh, an enemy of all superheroes because he feels like they're wrong you know that because they're not doing you know a hundred percent what's quote unquote right um and a large portion of, you know, Golden Age comics or comics that were made in like the 30s to the 50s, uh, more of the 50s and forward were controlled by the Comics Code Authority, which was a set of people, mostly men, all men, what am I saying, all men, um, who said what could and couldn't be published in comics. Um, I don't think they had a lot of control over magazines. I think they wanted to, but they didn't. Um, and a lot of their rules were kind of strange, right? And when I say strange, I, I can understand not wanting Billy, who's 10, to read a comic where, um, I don't know, Catwoman gets raped, right? Because that's that's something that no parent wants to explain to their 10-year-old child what rape is. Why, why is she crying, mommy? Why, you know, like, no one wants to be put in that position. So I can get that. But there were other, you know, rules. I say rules with quotes. You guys can't see that. Um, like, uh, you, they really were out for uh, 
I guess you would say gory things. So you technically could not have the words terror or horror horror in your title. You couldn't have zombies, vampires, or werewolves in your stories. And I think that's really like way at the top of strange things because, you know, someone didn't create werewolves, vampires, and zombies, you know, <laughs> 10 years before the Comic Code's authority. It wasn't some new trope. Uh, werewolves, vampires, and zombies have a very strong position in almost like global, you know, mythology uh, as far back as the Greeks, Greeks and Mycenaeans and, you know, uh, Haiti before it was Haiti, you know, like these are tropes uh, from Africa and cultures that we, we all knew what they were for a long time. You know, we almost have like a genetic fear of them when we see them. We know what they are. There's no question. And so for them for a group of people to say oh no we can't have those anymore those those are tropes that we've been dealing with forever and whether or not you're religious or secular or spiritual a lot of people and when I say a lot of people I really mean in America we observe uh traditions and uh I guess you'll say superstitions that we that are kind of connected to religions, but we still follow them. You know, like a lot of people, regardless of whether they're religious or not, if they spill salt, they still pick it up and throw it over their shoulder. Why? These are uh, misnomers in our culture that, you know, we're we're kind of born into, just like we're born into myths and stuff like zombies and vampires and werewolves. And so for them to be like, oh, no, we're not going to put that in there. It's harmful to them. It wasn't harmful to you. It didn't mess up your psyche. You know, it didn't make you a juvenile delinquent. So why would it do that to someone else? And uh, that's why I, I want to use the word regression because and not n technically in a negative way. It's just you're backtracking on something and not necessarily in a way that's going to help or protect you. Um, because, you know, a lot of times these myths, uh, I actually had a friend who studied abroad in Ireland. Uh, he was studying Gaelic and he was talking about like he lived in a small town. Uh, he When we went to visit him, he was in Galway. But um he had lived he went to uh the island off the coast and he stayed there and he there's very not limited electricity but they don't really do street lights right and so he was like staying there at night like i can understand how someone could come up with the idea of a banshee right because this thing like you're some man having a tryst with a married woman or you're both married whatever and she wants to break it off or you just get too I guess, into it and you hurt her or, you know, you end up killing her or something and she screams out in the night and there are no lights and there, you know, someone's in that house and they hear her scream. And then the next day, oh, you know, Becky Waller was found dead in the forest. How, you know, that's, it's very easy to see how banshees could have been created and become part of the culture in Ireland because, you know, before industrialization, before electricity, you know, all over the world, there was no light. And so, uh, creating a fairy which banshees are technically fairies um that uh poor uh screams to portent death usually in an important family but we'll say they do it for everyone um who who is important of death and and lets other people know that someone important is going to die or just someone's going to die in general makes sense because you hear a scream in the night you might not see the banshee but then the next day someone's dead or the next week someone's dead it seems you know like cause and effect and that makes sense um but to just out of the blue say oh no we can't talk about fairies we can't talk about uh we can't talk about zombies or werewolves doesn't seem to make sense because these are things we created a long time ago and we've lived with them and we've taught our kids about them and uh it 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 just is detrimental and it seems like a you know trying to rewrite your history or who you are um 
in terms of movies, I think the question is always there because, you know, comics are one thing. They're fictional, uh, usually, uh, and they're drawn, right? They're two-dimensional figures on a piece of paper, and it's it's very easy to write off their actions because like well it's it's just it's just pretend it's it's for fun, um. But in movies they're live people. Um. Obviously they're still fictional characters, but and they're still two dimensional actually technically, but they're played by you know flesh and blood people. And so the question is okay in a movie and I, I'm also I'm on the wall about this one. Uh, it's more like uh, you know does this uh, so many times I found myself asking does this movie did this movie need a sex scene no. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Most of that comes from being female and most of the time, you know, that's, that's a topic for another time. Sorry. <laughs> but I will just say, I do feel like in any movie where, you know, a man and a woman have sexual intercourse with each other, it's, I never really feel the love. I really just see like, somehow it's like he's one. And I know that that might be like a bad attitude to feel, but like, it always seems like, the woman is not really getting the most out of this. But anyway, um, in movies, and I guess I'll group TV together with this. Um, it's always like, does this does this show or does this particular episode need a sex scene in it? Probably not. Or rape. And, you know, actually, I'm going to combine this one topic, this one section <laughs> with TVs, movies, and comics. Because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the term um, women in fridges. But it was a term that was coined in 1999. And it really just referred to refers to uh, how women, especially, you know, secondary characters, which someone, you know, was like most secondary characters are women, um, are always killed or uh, grievously injured in order to further the plot line of a male character. Um, and really, it comes from a particular plot line uh, where uh, Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, who is the, well, he's not the earliest, I mean, the latest as of now. He's like the second to latest um, Green Lantern. Uh, he comes home to Earth uh, to find his girlfriend stuffed in a refrigerator, right? And she was killed by some villain who was just trying to get at Kyle Rayner. And to be honest, that happened to like almost every woman that Kyle Rayner was ever with or interested in. So there's a precedent. And uh, the term was coined because it's like, that's really the only purpose that a lot of women serve for a long time in comics and uh, in movies and in TV shows uh, where like, they were there to like emotionally support the male character until such a time as their um, death or uh, rape was used to propel a male character into action, into becoming who he was supposed to be. And I think that that's still a trope that's used in comics and TV and in movies. And a lot of time I'm like, rape was not necessary here. And <clears throat> it really goes along with a uh, cultural regression because you know, for a long time in most, most patriarchies, including America, like that was a woman's job, right? Like you were the wife, the mother, you cooked, you cleaned, um, you know, you supported him, you went with him to his important events and you made him look good. And that, that was your job. You weren't a person, you weren't there to live your life or be happy or fulfilled by these things. That was just what you were supposed to do. And so instead of, um, being made to, you know, and we all know that, you know, the damsel in distress syndrome or um, trope is just kind of overused because the thing is like, OK, yeah, like he cares about me. We're dating. But does he care about me enough for this to 
um, push him to the point where he's going to like be better. I mean, because let's be real. I mean, it, it's a comic, it's a movie, it's a TV show. And it's it's always going to ask you to suspend a certain amount of disbelief. But the thing is, is like when you react out of rage, what um, comes out of it is almost never the optimum outcome. Right. So Kyle Rayner finds his girlfriend shoved in a fridge. Um, and then he just goes and he finds that super villain or whatever or villain and he just saves the day. And I'm like, nope, that's not that's not realistic. What's more realistic is injustice. The Joker uh, makes Batman be the tool or instrument of the death of his wife and unborn child and Superman kills him and then subsequently ends up killing a whole bunch of other people. Or Batman decides that he's going to kill the Joker this one time because if he doesn't, it's just going to perpetuate more death. So he kills the Joker and then he can't stop because that was so easy. And so that that's really like the outcome, right? You act out of rage and you don't plan and you're just raging at the person who hurt you by hurting someone you care about and you do the wrong thing. Or you just you just not even slide, you like dive down that slippery slope. Um, and so uh, even in just regular movies, when a, a female character is raped, the thing is like, they'd never really talk about like her getting better. It's just, oh, she was raped and that really spurred on, you know, Josiah. And so now Josiah is a better man and he's trying to help other women. I was like, but what about the woman that was in his life that was hurt? I mean, nowadays it's a lot more uh, talked about or whatever. Like it, it is, oh, she went to therapy. Oh, we got to, you know, like this wasn't her fault. Da, da, da. Like that, it kind of happens. But to me, when I see it, it kind of just seems like placation, to be honest. It's kind of like spoilers, guys. Spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts uh, for Avengers Endgame. It's kind of like there's a scene in the movie where um, they're, you know, fighting off the hordes of Thanos and all the female superheroes end up, you know, in a line together or in the same spot. And so they're going to do a charge. And so I was just like, this is just pandering like this is just not exciting at all because it's like oh all the female characters just happen to get together and be in the same spot at the same time come on come on and the thing is is that uh attracting you know a female audience is like i don't need that i just want to see them do what iron man and the hulk and i just want them to be superheroes they don't have to all be together for me to have pride in them like i know they're there I know they're awesome. Just let them do what they do. You know, don't don't pander to me. Um, but again, I think that's also a social regression, right? Because uh, a lot of uh, voices in comics and in TV uh, and movies will say that, well, like women don't read comics or women don't like this and women don't like that. And I'm like, first of all, it, it this is, <laughs> you know, this is an issue that we used to have a long time ago where it's like you do not have the same naughty bits as me and so it's like how are you gonna tell me what a woman wants you're not a woman you've never been a woman you're never gonna be a woman and so um actually the person who coined the phrase women in fridges um was like no it's not that women don't read comics it's that we lose interest right like um it's like we i had a conversation about my top five games a while ago a couple episodes ago and i said i played as both uh, mass effect as both femship and maleship and maleship just didn't do anything for me because he was the the standard male military archetype there was nothing about him that drew me to him that made me think he was interesting that's why i liked femaleship because she was just it just seemed more genuine for her to be a woman in the military to be to be who she is but also be like listen this is this is how it's gonna happen you know to be in control but male chef mm -mm, 
nothing. He did nothing for me. And so the same goes for comics and in movies, especially superheroes and stuff like that. Because the thing is, like, once you, you know, you read one comic about Superman, you kind of know Superman. And um, that's why stories like Injustice, I think, pull in more female readers because it's so interesting to see this other side of Superman. You know, and the thing about uh, male audiences is that I don't want to say they're easy to please, but like, you know, it's like, oh, I want to see the, him. I want to see Superman smash Batman in the face. I want to see him come back from that. And my thing is, oh, I want to see Batman, <clears throat> you know, because I think Batman's like Omega level with prep time. Right. If he has time to plan and learn about you, you're done. Um, <clears throat> but men don't think like that. Well, I don't want to put all men out there, but uh I'll say the the men who consume comics or the young men who consume comics don't think like that. And so because women aren't buying comics en masse, it's like, well, women don't like it. No, we don't like what you write. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Um, and when they do write female characters, sometimes they're, they're always lacking. Uh, I think in a previous episode, I also talked about woman, Wonder Woman and how um, when Wonder Woman first started uh, way back in the golden age, she was the Justice League of America's secretary. And then she morphed somehow into the Wonder Woman that we know today, you know, champion of truth and justice and all that is right in the world, right? And she's super powerful. She's part of the trifecta of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. But the thing is, even today in a lot of storylines, and to be fair, it's, it's, hmm, I'll say it's more elsewhere stories or um, non-canon stories, but the second that like Superman or Batman goes obtuse to how they normally go, Wonder Woman's right there just backing them, not, not, questioning them not saying oh maybe this is not a good idea she's just like oh okay yes I will support you which again is is a a pigeonhole that women are put into a lot in comics and movies and tvs like they're just there as um emotional or background support for a male character and a lot of times they're you know they're not developed as characters or anything in the like as themselves and that's a trope or a cultural um bias that is still purported till today even you know with you know me too or with um sexual empowerment of women it's still an issue like you know people still use um very gender biased like terms for people who are you know loosely moraled i'll say if you get what i mean but they're almost exclusively used for women even though men do them all the time but it's still socially acceptable for them to do that and not for a woman even though we've had this the, you know the sexual revolution and most people would agree that you know a woman has the right to do what she wants with her body the connotation is still that women shouldn't yeah you have control but you should do what i tell you to do because that's the right thing to do Music is special um, just because it kind of exists visually nowadays or for the last, I guess, 50 uh, years. Music videos have been a thing, but mostly they're audible, right? Like you listen, you listen to music. Um, but again, so it's like, should there be excessive swearing? Should there be, um, I will say, not poetic references to sexual intercourse or parts of the human body? Uh for the most part, I'll say, yeah, there's a time and a place that a swear is absolutely necessary. You need to cuss. You, I, you need to use that four letter word because that's what it is. It's not it's not polite. It's not um, happy. It's it's this bad thing. I, when you hear it and you jump back, that's how you should feel. That's how I want you to feel. And so sometimes I do think that certain words need to be used. Um, I can tell you personally, like with sexual references in in music I'm I'm really not with it especially nowadays because it's just very it's just it's not <laughs> it, it's not entertaining it's not like ooh ah it's like ooh ew I didn't need to know all that you know what I mean so it's it's like a unsolicited you know penis picture you know I don't need all that I don't want that thank you take it back um so 
my uh, I guess a good example would be for my generation, like Pony by Genuine is like the jam, right? I love that song so much. Um, and, you know, it came out when I was actually pretty young. But like by the time that I was like singing it or whatever, I mean, it's still popular to today. But like I didn't even know it was about, you know, sex. I thought it was, you know, I just thought it was like a good beat and it was smooth. And, you know, it's like. But then I I also had never seen the music video. But when I got slightly older, like I was I was a teenager and I was like, oh, the song's about sex. Oh, that's so clever. It's so clever. I like this song. Boom. But then I think a couple years ago, I don't even know who the, the singer is because I don't keep track of current R&B people in this. Like they're really good, which there are very few. Um, but there was a song and... <laughs> One of the lyrics is like, I'm going to push your panties to the side. Going to make you feel all right. And I was like, see, that's too much. I don't need to know all that. I don't, it, or not even that I don't need to know that. It's just that saying it that way is very unsexy. You know, it's that smooth. You know, like, I was like, that's it, it. It literally just turned me off. I was like, oh, I'm done with this song. No. But like some people like that. Uh, and I and. Uh, in other countries, they do have like ratings for music. So like you have to be over 19 to listen to certain types of songs. And I kind of agree with that, um, especially with the, the way that songs are worded today is like there's no question as to what this song is about. And again, I don't want to be or I don't think anyone wants to be in a situation where someone who's too young, just literally too young um, to hear about it, asks questions about it. And I, I don't want to answer those questions. Um and I, I'm not really with censorship, but I am like, just do better, you know, write better. Now, you know, let's talk about art. So art, uh, classical art, I'll say, uh, you know, painting, drawings, like, uh, I think they exist kind of in their own realm because for the most part, it's never been considered uh, raunchy or bad or wrong to do a painting where someone's naked. Uh, art is immune to, to cultural regression because, again, I mean... Most of the paintings that were drawn, whether it be, um, uh, you know, the painting where, you know, Adam is sticking out his finger to God and they almost touch and everything. And uh, most uh, paintings, especially in the classical period, like, you know, ancient Greeks and Rome and all those things, like the characters were naked. Their statues naked. Not all of them, but a lot of them. The human form in what we would consider classical art, drawing, painting, uh, sculptures has always kind of been left up to the observer. Like, yeah. Like, what's wrong with the human body? The human body is a work of art and should be seen. And there should be, there's nothing wrong with looking upon it. And for the most part, like, I definitely agree with that. My big issue with any of these circumstances is that people are not understanding things about themselves. They want to ignore that we like chaos. We like drama. There are tons of ways for you guys to participate. You can always send me an email at xphunterlee at gmail.com. Until next time, guys, in between times, do it for the XP.